0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, wondering about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' TV viewing habits.
1: It's almost like the Chewbacca defense, you know, try to get people diverted from what the true issues are.
0: If you don't know what the Chewbacca defense is, you aren't a South Park fan. We'll explain later. Square grouper once was a way to describe bales of marijuana dumped by smugglers off the Florida coast. Now we are hearing about real fish loaded with real pharmaceuticals.
2: This fish had 16 pharmaceuticals. It had eight antidepressants and the levels were very serious, between 10 to 300 times the human level.
0: And a lawsuit's been filed to try and secure the habitats of Florida manatees.
3: We just came off uh, the absolute record mortality year at 1101 for 2021. What makes it really significant besides the number is that almost 600 or more of those manatees died from starvation.
0: A conversation with the executive director of Save the Manatee Club is coming up. But first... Governor Ron DeSantis held a news conference in Gainesville to award workforce education money to Santa Fe College. But in the Q&A, the governor was given an opportunity to defend his anti-woke legislation moving through the legislature, and he did.
1: You know, if you look at what the uh, CRT and woke is doing, it is pitting people against each other based on race, which is wrong. It's also denigrating our country. Um, and so it's been very unpopular wherever it's been tried. Uh, and so we want to make sure people can go to school without being scapegoated or without being targeted. Uh, and I think that's where the vast, vast majority of people uh, want to be. So so that's the right thing to do. Um, and we're happy to do it.
0: DeSantis struck out at his critics on the issue of racial equity, saying it's a big diversion.
1: People come after me all the time, but I think it's telling, you know, if they have to manufacture, you know, some type of fake narrative, it just shows they don't have policies uh, that they can put up that are going to be very effective. All of these people are big supporters of the policies we've seen with Biden that's driving the inflation that's really racking, uh, wreaking havoc on a lot of family budgets.
0: The governor said his opponents don't want to be talking about what he called the failures of the Biden administration, like supply chain issues and inflation.
1: So that's all on them, uh, and they understand that people aren't happy with that, and they understand people are going to really voice displeasure with that in November. So I think they're trying to figure out whatever they can to just stick on the wall. It's almost like the Chewbacca defense, you know, try to get people diverted from what the true issues are by manufacturing things. It doesn't work. We all know that. They've been doing that to me for years, um, and so we're just going to keep putting wins on the board, uh, but we will absolutely hold them accountable uh, for supporting failed policy.
0: I know. Chewbacca defense? It's a reference to an old South Park episode. Stick around. We'll let you hear some of it. As if we don't have enough to think about, the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust held a news conference to reveal disturbing details of a study done to detect pharmaceuticals in bonefish. And boy, did they ever discover pharmaceuticals in bonefish.
2: Just to give you a sense of how serious this can get for our bonefish, here's one of our most affected fish. This is fish number 43. It was collected, sampled in the, key, um, in the lakes, the lakes passage between Key West and Marquesas. This fish had 16 pharmaceuticals. It had eight antidepressants, and the levels were very serious, between 10 to 300 times the human level. Again, this is 10 to 300 times the human level pharmaceuticals, and it had eight of them. It also had three heart medications, one Parkinson's disease medication, an antihistamine, an antifungal drug, stomach medications, and an opiate, all in safe fish.
0: Dr. Jennifer Rahaj from FIU's Coastal Fisheries Research Lab says the source of these pharmaceuticals is wastewater. The Bonefish and Tarpon Trust says the solution is improved wastewater management. Now, bonefish are catch and release, but what about all the other fish in Florida waters? You know, the ones we eat? Dr. Rahaj says she's sure they're pretty loaded with drugs too.
2: Now there are very low doses of those pharmaceuticals. Um, and yet yeah, there is a mix of them. As you saw in the bone fridge, we found 58. So we can presume there's tons of those in our drinking water and in our food. The risk is very small because the, com- the concentrations are very small, but no one knows what it means for us to be exposed over our lifetimes to many, many pharmaceuticals, at very, very low dosages for an entire
0: list. The lives of Florida manatees are under grave threat, and that has led to three conservation groups, the Center for Biological Diversity, Defenders of Wildlife, and the Save the Manatee Club to file a lawsuit this week against the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service for dragging its feet on revising outdated critical habitat for Florida manatees. Patrick Rose, executive director of the Save the Manatee Club, told Sunrise the situation is grim.
3: We just came off uh, the absolute record mortality year at 1101 for 2021. What makes it really significant besides the number is that almost 600 or more of those manatees died from starvation, a, a cause of death we really never had in any significant manner before. And it's a cause of death that is was Probably completely preventable had the agencies been listening to our concerns that we raised over a decade. Uh, and really, that draws emphasis to why we are where we are right now with filing the suit over the. Fish and Wildlife Service's responsibility to keep up with the critical habitat designation to include more specifics in terms of constituent elements like the seagrass communities, like the warm water uh, refuges such as the Florida Springs and even those artificial power plants presently uh, such as the Florida Power Power and Light power plant at the East Coast where this problem has become so dramatic, if you will. We literally, in 2008, filed a petition with the Fish and Wildlife Service to do this. And in 2010, took them a couple of years, but they answered and they agreed with us that this was necessary. And the problem was they didn't have enough people or money to do it in terms of their other priorities. Well here we are a little over a decade later and this is one of those consequences when you don't keep up with what you need to do in protecting the manatees critical habitat it can collapse radically and hundreds of manatees can die as a result of it and it could be a decade or more before we recover. I will add to it, hopefully don't murky the waters, uh, I guess pun intended here, but since such a big part of the problem is the amount of nutrients making it its way into the Indian River Lagoon that led to massive blooms of harmful algal blooms that shaded out and killed the seagrass, that's, that's really what it's about. We've also given notice to the Environmental Protection Agency that... Uh, They really need to reinitiate formal consultation with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in regard to these issues relevant to manatees' critical habitat, uh, as well as to prevent take under the Endangered Species Act. So uh, it's a way of getting uh, the force of the Endangered Species Act into concert with the Clean Water Act. And so I have mixed up sort of two different suits, but they're very relevant because the end goal is essentially the same thing. And that's to protect the manatee's critical habitat so that manatee take doesn't occur or future loss of that critical habitat does not occur.
0: Manatees now are listed as threatened, not endangered. Correct?
3: That's correct, and then that's kind of another bone we have to pick with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. During that same interim period when things were getting worse for manatees after decades of recovery and things going really pretty well up to about, 2000, early 2010, we started seeing major problems arising, such as what has led to this massive catastrophe in terms of this more than a thousand manatees dying and hundreds of those being as a result of starvation. So we we fought that very vigorously back in 2017, 2017 when they downlisted, they didn't use the most up to date scientific information. They made assumptions that were faulty, and even the scientific peer reviewers that they sent the proposals out to recommended that they not downlist manatees at that point in time. So as a result of them going forward and sort of declaring these other positive things a little late, kind of the, the, you know, the horse was out of the barn, if you will, in some respects. They ignored that, went ahead and and downlisted, and it actually got worse between 2017 and now.
0: Much worse. We're talking 10 percent of the population of manatees in the state of Florida, are we not?
3: Yes, it would be a number equal to that. And if you equate it to where the majority of the loss has happened, it's about 20% of the East Coast population. Today, we're facing now after a delayed you know, loss of manatees this winter because we had extraordinarily warm weather for a period, that cold is, has come, and we're seeing an escalation in mortality already now in 2022 again.
0: So what exactly are you asking fish and wildlife to do in How long is this going to take to get done with the death rate like that happening?
3: Well, to to accomplish the final goals will take quite some time, but to to formalize what needs to be redefined and established as the most up-to-date critical habitat, we believe that can happen no later than within the next two years. I know that sounds like a long time, but it is a pretty elaborate process and it has to go through different public reviews and so forth. But we're saying no way will we accept this not being done by early 2024 and and actually put in motion before that in order to define those constituent elements and to use that as well in the, the discussions and the reconsultation with the Environmental Protection Agency so that we can ensure higher water quality standards are established and enforced in order to help with the full recovery of that ecosystem.
0: I don't want to get too deep into the weeds or the seagrass or whatever you want to say, but this critical habitat. Tell me what that means, the fully defining or better defining the critical habitat of the manatee.
3: Essentially, you could you could probably sum it up by saying it's that habitat which is essential to the manatees' continued survival and the loss of which would either result in the take of manatees, literally them dying, or the uh, preventing them from actually being recovered as, a, in this case, a threatened species, but one which we believe actually still deserves the ranking as an endangered species. So it's easy to see right now in the midst of this terrible situation with seagrass, how critically important that is and having the abundance of seagrass available to manatees in the right places at the right time. And if it's not there, it can result as it has here in hundreds and hundreds of manatees dying. But there's another one that's very, very important as well. It's being somewhat protected, but not enough, and that's the warm water winter habitat because that's the other way that literally hundreds or thousands of manatees could die. If we lose those natural springs, our manatees are not allowed to actually be there and stay warm and to rest. And then we're looking at climate change going forward, which could be the pressure to eliminate most of the artificial warm water uh, winter refuges for manatees. They're likely all going to go away as we move forward towards dealing with carbon and those issues. But we have to have a plan to deal with that and do it in a manner that would be safe for manatees. And if it's not done correctly we could lose literally thousands of manatees of those few remaining that we have if that's not done. So those are the kinds, a couple of examples of the important critical habitat, literally that if we don't secure those and protect them, we can't then recover or protect the population going forward.
0: Is there any chance that the manatee will go back on the endangered list?
3: Well, I, I hope, it, it, I both hope it does and and believe it must, because uh, they should not have been downlisted in 2017 in the first place. We, however, don't want the Fish and Wally Service to stop the recovery actions just to redesignate it. So we think there are more important recovery measures they can be undertaking rather than just reclassifying it right now. But on the other hand, we have Representative Buchanan and Representative Soto leading an effort in Congress to actually uplist the manatee or restore it to endangered status and righting the wrong that happened in, in 2017. Normally we wouldn't like Congress to step in, and, and but we believe the Fish and Wildlife Service didn't follow the appropriate standards for the ESA when they downlisted. And so in this case, there should be an exception and they should redesignate it with Congress's, uh, uh, you know, blessing, if you will.
0: Patrick Rose, Executive Director of Save the Manatee. uh, Appreciate the time. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The Senate is scheduled to hold a floor session today at noon. All these committees have meetings scheduled this morning. The House Rules Committee, the Senate Finance and Tax Committee, the Senate Rules Committee, the House Criminal Justice and Public Safety Subcommittee, the House Post-Secondary Education and Lifelong Learning Subcommittee, the House State Administration and Technology Appropriations Subcommittee, the House Tourism, Infrastructure and Energy Subcommittee, the House Children, Families and Seniors Subcommittee, the House Environment, Agriculture and Flooding Subcommittee, the House Higher Education Appropriations Subcommittee, and the House Justice Appropriations Subcommittee. Meeting this afternoon, the House Finance and Facilities Subcommittee, the House Government Operations Subcommittee, the House Pre-K through 12 Appropriations Subcommittee, the House Regulatory Reform Subcommittee, the House Health Care Appropriations Subcommittee, and the House Public Integrity and Elections Committee. Also, the Florida Supreme Court will release weekly opinions this morning at 11. The Florida Commission on Hurricane Loss Projection Methodology will talk about hurricane models used by insurers this morning. Jonathan Daniels, Chairman of the Florida Ports Council and Chief Executive and Port Director at Port Everglades, will give a State of Seaports address as part of Seaports Day at the Capitol. The Florida Board of Nursing will meet in Osceola County. The Florida Coordinating Council for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing is scheduled to meet. And the Florida Board of Pilot Commissioners is scheduled to meet in Nassau County. And finally, let's get back to Governor Ron DeSantis referencing South Park at a news conference. The governor said it's like Biden supporters are using the Chewbacca defense to take attention off the current administration's failures. The Chewbacca defense was used by a cartoon Johnny Cochran to confuse a cartoon jury in a cartoon trial in a 1998 episode of South Park.
4: Ladies and gentlemen of this supposed jury, I have one final thing I want you to consider. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a Wookiee from the planet Kishik, but Chewbacca lives on the planet Endor. Now think about that. That does not make sense. Damn it. What? He's using the Chewbacca defense. Why would a Wookiee, an eight foot tall Wookiee, want to live on indoor with a bunch of two foot tall Ewoks? That does not make sense. But more importantly, you have to ask yourself what does this have to do with this case? Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with this case. It does not make sense. Look at me. I'm a lawyer defending a major record company, and I'm talking about Chewbacca. Does that make sense? Ladies and gentlemen, I am not making any sense. None of this makes sense. And so you have to remember, when you're in that jury room deliberating and conjugating the Emancipation Proclamation, does it make sense? No. Ladies and gentlemen, of this supposed jury, it does not make sense. If Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must acquit. The defense rests.
0: And so do we. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.